Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. But gentlemen, you have not come here in order to think for yourselves. You are here to learn how to think for your patients. You must learn, therefore, in the first place to submit yourselves to the established laws of physical reality. But surely, Professor, you don't intend we disregard more philosophical approaches. Philosophical? Those which stir the imagination as well as the intellect, as in Paracelsus, for example. Oh, Paracelsus, an arrogant and foolish Swiss. Albertus Magnus. His nonsense was exploded 500 years ago. Cornelius Agrippa. A sorcerer. An occultist. What is your name? Victor Frankenstein, sir. Of Geneva. (laughs) Oh, ho. Another Swiss. (laughs) Mr. Frankenstein, here at the University of Ingolstadt we teach and indeed hope to advance the science of medicine. Chemistry, biology, physics. We study hard science. But surely, Professor, the greatest possible advances lie in combining these things. We do not study the ravings of lunatics and alchemists hundreds of years in their graves because their kind of amateur, fanatical, fantastical speculation does not heal bodies or save lives. Only science can do that. Welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. And this week we discuss what seems to be the most faithful portrayal of the story that originated the modern sci-fi era and what may have started an entire genre of porn. It's 1994's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. (laughs) But first, he's the grumpy creature who just didn't want a shot to my obsessive doctor who constantly plays the victim. It's James. How are you doing, James? Wait, wait, wait. Did you say Mary Shelley's Frankenstein? Yes. Mm. I watched Die Frankenstein. Well, you watched the wrong movie. No, I didn't. Okay. I wish I had because this movie was objectively terrible. (laughs) I Frankenstein, from what I hear, is objectively terrible. Well, it's better than this trash. And he's the guy who swoons at incisions. It's Rob. How are you doing, Rob? I watched Frank and Weenie. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) While I touched my weenie. (laughs) Oh my God, this is already, this this episode is a shit show already. I love it. <laughs> What's happening around CBC this week, James? Well, around CBC this week, Jason, thanks for asking. I took a mental health uh, weekend uh, the last couple days. I spent in Des Moines. I've done nothing but smoke cigars and really literally just pay attention to nothing else other than my own inner monologue, my thoughts. I got in touch with my feelings. And so I don't know what the fuck's going on around CBC. We've got some great podcasts. Uh, We've got a great streamer. Uh, Go to creativebraincandy.com and check out all of the great podcasts that we have there. Uh, And and you'll be as in tune with CBC as I am. Uh, We're also looking for a couple new podcasters still and probably forever uh, for Backgivers Anonymous. Uh, If you or someone you know Wants to get into podcasting or is into podcasting, uh, but they're maybe, maybe, maybe they're not really all that great at it. They want to get better. This isn't the place for them. But if you know somebody who might be okay at it or they're just brand new and they don't care how they sound, <laughs> go to creativebreakheady.com, click the apply button. I mean, for Christ's sake, we still let Rob podcast. That should just be our tagline right there. We let Rob podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So that you don't have to. <laughs> Rob, you got any news for us this week? I do have some news. Uh, First bit of news is uh, some scientists out there think that uh, aliens could be sucking energy from a black hole. um, And that's how we're going to find them is we're going to follow the black hole power trail, I guess. The black hole power. What what legitimate publication did you get this news article from <laughs> the, the onion? barstool sports oh good god 
Space.com. Aliens could be sucking power from black holes, and that's how we could spot the extraterrestrial, scientists say. Uh, this energy harvesting technology could leave traces just outside a spinning black hole's event horizon, and uh, this process could explain some of the flares of plasma that might come off um, from these uh, black holes. Yeah, yeah. it, it seems far fetched. I thought okay. I thought James might be impressed. Um, I, I I don't know if you caught uh, what was going on around CBC this week, but I've spent the last two days in a con- in a cocoon of cigars. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's well, been it's fantastic. Just- so I, I I literally right now there's not a whole lot that bothers me. Like I just got done watching Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, and I I, I it's bad, but I'm I'm in a good mood. Rob, and so not even your 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 terrible podcasting skills and your awful research skills for these news segments. Nothing's going to bring me down. Nothing. Now watch. Now okay. now watch because I've said that. Perfect. You're, yeah, yeah. You're going to harsh my mellow man. Challenge accepted. Yeah. Here we go. So um, back on three days ago, there was an exclusive out there that uh, Chloe Bennett is probably going to uh, be lined up for a new Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Marvel series or uh, Secret Warriors, something like that. Anyway, so the report out there is that she is coming to the MCU officially. So that's cool. Yesterday. Chloe Bennett. Who's that? Chloe Bennett. uh, Quake. Oh, that's right. Uh, The one you were talking about last week. Yeah, she's yeah, super yeah, yeah. So, yeah, super yeah, yeah. So, um, yesterday, uh, she debunked it and said, uh, she wishes. She wishes? Yeah. That yeah, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this. Yeah, that's, you're not harsh in my mellow here. I'm, no. I'm, I'm, in fact, you're just enhancing, uh, what, what was it Polly Shore used to say? Enhancing my something? I don't remember. Was it Polly Shore? You know what? It doesn't even matter. It was, I'm old. Um, I'm okay with this because I didn't like where Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was going. I didn't like where it went. I didn't like anything about the last probably four seasons of it. And I stopped watching about three seasons ago. So whatever. I mean, she's hot. It'd be nice to have her in the MCU. But you know what? We've got Elizabeth Olsen and ScarJo. And we really well, don't need else. Do we really have ScarJo? I mean, well, well, yeah, there's back? a new movie coming out. This there's a year. new movie. Yeah, there's a new movie, dude. Yeah, I understand that. But is she coming back though, okay. after that? I don't I don't care. She's it's, still in the MCU. Yeah, it's it's definitely possible. I mean, it seems like, well, OK, I that's like saying I'm not going to America's that, not in the, but, in the MCU. Uh, what? One that there's a multiverse out there. Things that uh, could possibly make people come come back. Yeah. Possibly. Possibly. Potentially. Maybe. What else you got, Rob? Oh, that was it. There was three there. Uh, she was uh, rumored, and then she debunked it, um, and then aliens. That's, that's one. That's just, yeah. Yeah, rumored two. and debunk is one. Look, I am If you a flip a busy. coin and it lands on heads, <laughs> and then you flip it the same coin and it lands on tails, you don't say you have two coins because it's got two faces. Look, I am, I, I'm, I'm busy. No, no, I was, <clears throat> I was taking a mental health weekend. That's not no, no. busy. No, no. That's now remo- you're busy. No, that you're was busy remo- right now. Yeah. I, you're harsh in my mellow, Rob. Right. I told myself in discord. Look, oh I am God. doing anything and everything I can to like take up extra time. <laughs> because you only had two. No, no, because articles? I, because I don't want to talk about this show well feel free Why? to watch yeah like go like thanks for coming i know you've got the rona you should probably go have I some should. zinc and some chicken soup or no no you know or just, just lay the there bus station yeah just lay there and wait for the sweet embrace of death mm-hmm. yeah i mean any yeah. of those are fine with me rob no 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 how about a pod crawl <laughs> yeah who's ready for a pod crawl yeah i guess yeah let's I do suppose. this we can call it, I don't know, say a pod crawl. The pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Excellent. Insert it deep. Pod crawl. Kind of like a space suppository full of information. It's 1794, and the Titanic's granddad is heading to the North Pole. 
But like all Titanics, they've never met an iceberg they didn't want to bang, so it rams the floating mountain head first and gets stuck. While the crew is cannibalizing parts of the ship for fire, and pondering, when they will be cannibalizing parts of each other for food, Victor Frankenstein walks up and introduces himself to the captain. The captain invites Victor to his cabin, because it's cold outside and, well, they may be stuck in this ice for a while. Maybe Victor decides outside. to regale the captain of his tale, a tale of obsession, loss, and overly dramatic acting. Mm. Victor grew up in Geneva, the son of aristocrat and renowned Dr. Bilbo Baggins. One day Bilbo <laughs> brings home Elizabeth, his newly adopted daughter, and soon to be Victor's infatuation. <laughs> Elizabeth and Victor grow up together, becoming very, very, like Creepola very close. Yeah. Victor decides yeah. to join the family business of medicine and traveling to kill dragons with dwarves, but focuses on his medical degree first. Bilbo is nothing if not a virile, sexually active hobbit, and when Victor is in his early 20s, his mom gives birth to his little brother that Bilbo carves out of his wife with a very large knife. Yeah. Several years later, with Victor now engaged to his sister, thus proving that Switzerland is the Alabama of Europe, he hiata to Germany <laughs> to finish his medical training. There he meets Amadeus who grew bored of writing music and decided to fail anatomy over and over. He also meets Professor Faulty, a loner who hoards copper like James hoards cigars, and who was dabbling in making the first reanimator movie before he ran out of room on his credit cards. <laughs> the professor tutors Victor on the proper use of magic monkey paws, as well as telling Victor he's crazy for pursuing reanimation. Victor takes this as encouragement, and when the professor is killed during a coronamidia vaccination clinic, Victor decides <laughs> to take the good doctor's notes and apply them to both the doctor and the man who killed him. After long hours creating a corpse-hauling model train and stitching up a raggedy Andy doll, he dumps the corpse into a tank, releases the eels, and jumpstarts his heart with 1.21 gigawatts of power. Thinking he failed at first, Victor blows open his human pressure cooker, and the creature slides out on top of Victor. After KY wrestling with the creature a bit, he does the equivalent of dropping his new baby on its head, and then strings it up to dry out for a bit. Victor takes a look at his new kid, sees just how fugly it is, decides he's not really dad material, and abandons his creation. The creature doesn't take rejection well, and after meeting the best of what humanity has to offer in the forms of a hateful mob and a family of ungrateful but oddly well-educated farmers, decides he's had enough and is going to get revenge on daddy. He learns that Victor hails from Geneva after reading his diary and heads that way, somehow knowing what Geneva is and where it's located. When he arrives he finds Victor happy, about to be married and decides to shit on that rainbow. He murders Victor's little brother, frames the servant, then threatens Victor with more misery unless Victor makes him a creature with boobs. Victor, not having much of a spine, and not wanting the rest of his family killed, says yeah. When he returns, Elizabeth has had enough of this secret shit, and is moving out. Victor pleads to her to stay, and she says yes on the condition that he marries her that day and fesses up the next day. The two get married, shotgun wedding style, remember, this is Eurobama, and then head out with an armed guard for their honeymoon. They just miss the ferry across the lake, and stay at a local hotel where some pipe music distracts Victor from his boner, and he grabs his pistols, heads outside, and leaves his new wife to be brutally murdered by the creature. Distraught, Victor grabs the body and runs home, stopping along the way to cut a hanged servant down. He chops off his wife's head, sews it onto the servant's body, transfers the right hand for whatever reason, dunks her in KY, flips a switch, and brings Elizabeth's head on another body back to life. The creature appears to try and woo her, and after he and Victor play Come Here Puppy for what seems an eternity, she gets sick of it as well and lights herself, and Victor's house of matches, on fire. Victor and the creature flee the house, the creature heading for colder climes and Victor following to end his creation's being. Back on the ship, Victor, literally bored to death from his own story, dies, the captain, and his crew prep the body, and waste oil to set it on fire, the creature shows up to mourn his father's death. The ice breaks up and the crew flees to the ship and roll the creature and dead Victor floating out to sea on an icy funeral pyre credits. All right, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. So this appears to be the most faithful recreation of the book. I've I've read the book. I doubt either of you have, but I could be wrong. Um, were there pictures? No, no. Well, I mean, were I'm there, sure there's were, a version out there that does have illustrations, but were, were there pictures of Helena Bottom Carter topless? No, no, I haven't read it. Yeah, no, 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 Helena Bottom Carter topless in in the original book that came out in like 1818. No, yeah, and then then I, again, I'm asking, like, why would I have read that? So you only read like, books with uh, pictures of Helena Bottom Carter topless in them? 
Are there books uh, with Helena Bonham Carter topless in them? I don't know. You tell me. You're the connoisseur. I, I'm just asking. Like, I would read that book. That's a book I would read, Jason. This is all I'm saying. I would not read a, a book about a monster that is us, not the actual monster, which is just, frankly, a little too on the nose uh, <laughs> for, for my taste. Uh, unless it had naked uh, pictures of uh, women and their boobies. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. No, it's it's been a long time since I've read the book, and I've seen several adaptations of of the book in turn in forms of movie and television. So at this point, it's really hard to discern what was in the actual original story material and what they kind of made up or changed along the way. But supposedly, this is this is the closest that you get to the original story in movie form. I don't remember I'll take the, your word for it. I don't remember the book being this fucking dull. And it may be because <laughs> the book has yeah, better pacing and wasn't overly dramatic like this movie was. Okay. So <clears throat> Well, what did you expect? It was directed by Kenneth Branagh. Okay, I don't but here's the thing, it was a stacked cast. It was. It was a stacked Cast and this isn't the first time in the nineties where because I think this is the second one the the second that came out I think the first was Bram Stoker's Dracula yes and that was a right. that was a decent movie I actually liked okay. that I, one sure sure of course you did it was decent I I, I wouldn't put it as a, a great horror film no I, I would I would put it as an okay horror film uh it it, it, it and so they thought well if that one kind of did okay maybe we should do Frankenstein. Oh yeah, let's get uh, Helen and Bonnie Carter. She's hot. Well, let's get you know they got all these hot actors, and then somehow I don't know who had what on uh, uh, on Bobby, but for Christ's sake, like Robert De Niro is not. I mean, he's a monster. He's just not that kind of monster. Like every time he spoke in this movie, I was waiting for Joe Pesci to fuck, fucking jump out. And go yeah 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 yeah. Let's wax somebody. <laughs> Yeah. Like every fucking time, like he's, he's not, he's not, he, like he's a great actor. I'm not trying to take anything away from Bobby De Niro. Like that guy, that guy doesn't get much better when it comes to acting than him, but this is not a role that he should have taken. I don't know what uh cocaine induced bender he was on when he signed on the dotted line. It was a mistake. Yeah. I wasn't super impressed with, his version of the creature. I thought he did okay as that peg leg guy in the beginning that <laughs> had actually killed the doctor that was trying to inoculate him. I thought that was a wait, wait. decent character. This is what I thought. Okay. So I want to set this, I want to set this scene up before, before, uh, before I, my punchline. So this scene is basically what it was in the pod crawl. There's a, there's a, a global pandemic. And doctors are trying to vaccinate people <laughs> yeah. against the, the pandemic. It's not the Rona, I mean, but it was close. It was, it was uh, worse cholera, than Rona, right? Actually, yeah, it was cholera. And so uh, this this right wing uh, Republican sits down, anti masker sits down, and just starts going off about how they're gonna, uh, you know, track his movements with the with the metal <laughs> inside, and that the five G. Uh, is is what's causing cholera, uh, and then he stab- he goes full capital riot and stabs the guy in the side. And all I could think of is, yeah, Jason definitely said all the things I just thought in my head. Like, but he <laughs> said them out loud, <laughs> and, like he meant every word of it. Where I say it sarcastically, Jason's like, "Oh, this guy, fucking, he's a trumper right there." <laughs> I didn't say it out loud, but I did definitely think it. (laughs) Like, look, I'm on the right. I'm getting a fucking, like, as soon as they let me get a goddamn vaccine, like, just put it in me. Like, put it inside me deep and hard. That's what she said. That's exactly what your mom says every time I see her. Thanks for being on the love station. (laughs) God, it's so weird. Special guest, James. God, I swear to God, if you go, call her on the line right now. Hi, mom. How are you? <laughs> no, it's just your wife. No, I didn't. I didn't think <laughs> well, he she's did. She's going to be disappointed. 
I didn't think he did great as the creature. Um, it seemed like it was the 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 first character seemed like he was playing a character. The second, he definitely fell into Jack Nicholson's disease, where it was just Robert De Niro under a bunch of makeup. Yep, one hundred percent. And how did they make him so fucking tall? Because that dude's only five ten. Platform boots. I guess. Yeah, I yeah, I, I was wondering the same thing. Like he's not a tall gentleman. I mean, he's not short. Five ten's not well, necessarily five, five, short. Ten, five. Look, okay. I'm I'm the only six. I'm, I'm only making. six foot. I, and I I think I'm short most of the time. So, like five ten. I mean, he's as short as my wife. Damn, your I wife mean, is it, tall. For a woman, sure. Yeah, but but not. And I think that's with heels on. I think she's actually like five eight. And I don't know because I try not to stand next to her when she's not wearing heels because. It just freaks little people freak me out. Um, <laughs> small hands smell like cabbage. Look it up. That's a line. <laughs> that's no. a line. I don't think it is. That is a line from uh, uh, Austin Powers, the very first one. Yes, this is a great line. Yeah, yeah thank you. Uh, yeah, I so you're just making it, it up. He's I, he, I, he he he's short. I'm sorry. He's short. I'm not. It's I'm not. It's not offensive to say he's short. It's a physical fact. He's fucking short. I'm sorry. I think he's actually average height. I think 5'10 is, is the average. Then the average male in the United States is, is fucking short. short. What yeah. do you want me to tell well, you? I mean, I, I'm 6'2, so he's like right. six I inches. I know. You're a fucking, you are, yeah, you are. That's the only six inches you've probably got on him because when he was wrestling in the <laughs> oh, KY. Because when he was wrestling in the KY, like, yeah, like he had, like, did you see what he was packing? I No, I was not looking. <laughs> I, how are you was, not looking? That's like yeah, I know they had it right up in the camera, but I think I was taking notes or something. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, sure. Taking the, I, I just want to say though, that how big it was. That was the slowest KY wrestling match I've ever it seen. It was the dumbest fucking shit yeah, ever. Yeah, that was. I oh just sat there like, who thought this was a good idea? And then when I realized that that uh, the the director was also the guy that was wrestling with a naked De Niro. I was like, oh, he just wanted to fucking touch his dick. <laughs> well, you know, this is this is typical 90s movie. You know, you have the gratuitous uh, shirtless scene with a well muscular man. Yeah. Well, yeah, but um, here's the problem with that. For no for no reason. Yeah. Like, yeah. so, you know, you for had no the reason. whole you had the whole uh, homoerotic thing with uh, uh, Top Gun uh, with the volleyball scene. And now you've got this. And in both top, I don't remember boobs in Top Gun. No. <laughs> And there were no boobs here either. Uh, like you, you have get, to offset uh, that. There was side boob. There was groping with uh, side boob. That was it. And that's not. What's that's not the same. Look, Peter Griffin. Side boob is not the same thing as full on gratuitous boobies. Well, no, but it's just not. No, you don't get that in this movie either. Okay. Well, I I'm very upset that you ha- you look. If you're going to show me De Niro's dick, which very impressive, especially for a five foot ten man. I, I want to see boobies. You got to offset that shit. Like eat fair and equal. Okay. Fair and fucking equal. Cause now I just feel like they were using De Niro as a piece of meat. Objectifying him. He, I'm sure he's, he's okay with that. He's well, just I mean, I uh, material. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> just material. material. Yeah. yeah. That's it. But I think that's indicative of the entire movie as a whole. I mean, it just fucking drug at most places. It was okay. just, so the pacing was I, all over the fucking place and it was not great. Yeah. I started looking at it. Uh, I looked at my watch. I'm like, oh, okay, this has been going on for a while. I paused the movie. It was one hour in and we still hadn't seen him do anything remotely yeah. about creating life or whatever. Yeah. There was a ton of setup for the character of, oh my of God. Victor Frankenstein. And yep. I think that was I think that was a little uh, excessive. I mean, I understand that they wanted to portray the character as being obsessed with uh, with bringing people back to life, or or that's easy to do with a montage of people in his life dying very quickly. Yeah, I mean, and the, the whole onus behind <clears throat> that was his mom died, which his mom didn't die, if I'm remembering which? correctly, in childbirth in the book. She died of of. Can we, Some can, we talk about that? <clears throat> can we talk about that for just a second? Yeah. There was a lot of blood. There was a, that, that was weird. The whole mother son relationship that they seem to have yes. was a little bit odd, but uh, from what I understand, I made a joke about Rob's mom. 
Yeah, but from what I understand, if I'm remembering correctly, she doted on him in the book too. Okay, so he There's was he was kind of a mama's between... boy, and he wasn't this this young strapping <laughs> yeah. Kenneth Branagh character. He was kind of sickly and and skinny and and weak. And that would make more sense because then he would that like, that's why he would be obsessed with death is because he's not strong. He's not like he is not the uh, epitome of what a good looking virile male is right like right. he is he is small he's weak and his he's a mama's boy but this it didn't work it came off as creepy yeah it came off as very game of thrones incestual yes uh and you're obama it, yeah and it made me think that philbo or or, or uh, bilbo baggins like he, he knew and he just didn't care yeah maybe that wasn't his son maybe that was Maybe William was Frankenstein's right. That, that, that's son. what I thought too. I thought it was yeah. Victor's son. I'm like, that would make more sense. So he doesn't have a brother. He's got a he's son. got a brother son, son brother brother, brother son, son. Yeah. whatever whatever yeah. they call him in Bama. Yeah. I don't know. If you're from Alabama, uh, email the Let show. Let us know. Yeah, creativebraincandy.com. Uh, <laughs> you can just click up top uh, and you can email us, contact us, uh, and let us know what you guys call your brother, son, dad, brother, whatever. Cousin, uncle, whatever it is. <laughs> we, we uncle, grandpa. We don't judge. We don't judge. But yeah, that was, it was very weird to me. And that, that set up for me, that set up the movie. It's just being silly. Like I took out, I was like, I, I sat there in the opening scene uh, where the original Titanic hits the fucking iceberg, which you nailed it in the pod crawl, dude. Cause that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> I, I'm like, this is the fucking Titanic. If he doesn't make a Titanic joke. Like, I'm going to be pissed. And, Nails and I, an iceberg and immediately becomes landlocked. Right. Immediately becomes landlocked. It immediately yep. mutinies being thrown around. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, why is every first officer on any ship in the 17 or 1800s like such a pussy? Like, why? Just shut the fuck up, man up. Do what your captain says. Like, I don't understand why they're like, you're going to mutiny. Shut the fuck up. Like, I will. And I, I like how he said, hey, I will shank a bitch. Let's turn around and go home. How right. you're in the yeah. middle of the damn ocean. <laughs> we're fucking, we're, we're suddenly landlocked asshole. Did you miss yeah. that part where yeah. we're, we're, we're frozen into the iceberg? Um, yeah. But, but yeah, so I, I tried to take that part out and I just try to, you know, which makes I, you wonder first, how did Victor get there? I was also waiting for the first, first mate to say, uh, paint me like one of your French girls to the <laughs> captain, but he never did. So, and why were they uh, fucking chopping up the ship already when they had like barrels know. full of oil? I don't. It was the fucking dumbest scene ever, and it was just topped were off. They, by, so were by they chopping off the Victor? Right? Were they chopping up the ship to to do to make a fire, or were they trying to get themselves unstuck from the iceberg? They had oil to burn, like, <laughs> but they did. Yeah, but I mean, were they trying to get it out of the iceberg? Maybe. I, how were they going to get it out of the iceberg they, by chopping wood? I. I, I thought it kind of, okay, at it the beginning, like it kind of looked like one of the masts. Cross masts. Had, yeah. Yeah. It, well, it looked like it had broken and had stabbed itself into the iceberg. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I wasn't, I, I don't know. It was hard to follow. Anyway, I, I was trying to, to figure out why there was a ship in a Frankenstein movie. <laughs> right. I, I tried to forget all that because I thought that was silliness anyway. That all of a sudden, why is Frankenstein in, in the Arctic? Right. Uh, it go into the like at the North Pole, like it didn't make sense to me, and so I forgot about it, and instead was immediately uh, met with this weird, creepy, incestual relationship between his him and his mom, and that set the tone for the movie. Like they literally started with the two worst scenes that you could possibly start a movie with, unless of course it is an autobiography of Rob's life. So. It, it doesn't get much worse than these first opening scenes for this movie. There's there's a lot of me just sitting there watching porn. So it might be a good movie. <laughs> it depends on which <laughs> porn you're watching. Well, I mean, you get to choose. It's a pick your own adventure type of movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. Son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> Knew it. Yeah, it, I, I think it was a mistake that we didn't even get to see. We didn't get to see... Robert De Niro's character until like a half an hour into the movie. And we didn't get to see the creature until, well, it was on almost, almost, it was an, almost hour. an hour and a half. Yeah, well, it was over an hour. I looked at it and there was still an hour left of the movie. And there was literally was 10 minutes, two, two minutes or two hours of De Niro 
without being the monster. Right, right. That's it, basically it, it when was, he stabs the dude and they yeah. haul him up to the gallows. Yeah, that was it. And I I sat there and I'm like, why is De Niro making a cameo in this movie? Like, why is he making this cameo? Why? Why was? Why did? Why did he have to have a new eye put in? Well, because his eye, his, his eye was either. fucked up. The, How? the character's eye from what? It didn't look fucked up in the in the thing. He was and just if, missing a leg. And if he was going to use, no, a I think brain, he was missing an eye too. Why wouldn't he just use the brain? Like, why wouldn't he just use the whole body of the smart dude that died? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that either. Why didn't he reanimate the? I guess because he didn't want people recognizing the smart dude. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Oh, that's it. Doesn't it? Like a lot of things didn't make sense to me. I, I like okay. If that's the case, then why did he cut off uh, Elena Helena Bonham Carter's head at the end of the movie and put it on another body? Well, because she was missing a heart. So, so maybe that's it then. Like he had to, he had to replace the damaged organs. And instead of actually going in and just, you know, as we would today in modern medicine, uh, he just didn't remove the organ and put in a new one. Yeah. But he replaced Uh, the leg. I mean, right. He would just replace, he would just replace parts, which he replaced a very shitty job (laughs) of stitching things up. Yeah. Oh yeah. He replaced the leg with a leg that was a different size. Hence the limp, which I thought was a a, a nice touch that Robert De Niro really carried throughout the movie. But sure. What the fuck happened to Helena Bonham Carter's face after he reanimated her? She, she, okay. So I looked at it. So when he got, she got knocked off, she hit her head to, to really, Dig yeah, because I was curious as to why she looks so shitty. That a hot chick um, is in. Yeah. She uh, fell off the bed and hit her head on a glass um, bowl of some sort, and that shattered, and then her hair got caught on fire. Right. So okay. so my guess is that was all scarring from the thing. It was, it was a god-awful amount of scarring, but my guess is scarring. Of course, though, when she got flipped over and he was crying over her face... Um, her face looked okay. That's what I thought yeah. too. That's that's so why I was like, I, I knew her hair caught on fire because of the brazier that got knocked over, but I didn't see any anything shatter or glass or anything. And then whenever he lifted her over, I it, mean, there was she a bowl fine. of some sort. I thought it would have made more sense if her face had been burned at the same time that her hair was on fire. That would yeah. have made more sense to me. Yeah, and then she, they could have made her look grotesque. So I don't know if they ran out of like money, like special effects money or what, but like that was just silly to me how her face looked so mangled, you know, post-surgery and not pre-surgery. So I got a question. So whenever the mob was initially trying to uh, chase down the creature and beat the shit out of him, who was that one lone dude that was holding him back so that the creature could get away? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. But that's, I a, that's a brave dude. I didn't Look understand why the it. mob was after him at, in, in the first place. I think it was just, ah, he's ugly. Kill it. Okay. That, to me, seems very, very silly. Yeah. And that's always seemed very, very silly to me. And that seems to always be the reason, oh, my God, he's big and scary. He's just scary and we need to run. Like, it. I've never understood that logic. I've never understood that, that line of, of thought, that way of thinking ever. Like you could be scared of somebody. That doesn't mean you have to run away from them. And it certainly doesn't mean that you pick up a pitchfork and, and start going after them. Like it doesn't, you it's okay. Like being afraid is okay. Manage your feelings. You're not a toddler. Yeah, I thought the the mob chasing him down to beat the crap out of him was kind of dumb. Well, it would have made so more sense. If, it would have made more sense if the people that he was walking near had kind of you know saw him and then kind of shied away, or yeah. you know huddled their their loved ones or their children away from this big grotesque man. But yeah, chasing him down to to kill him seemed he was over sniffing the top. bread. But, yeah, but that's that's typical of this movie. This entire movie is just one overreaction after another. And the are you sure the book's not written this way? No, the book is not written this way. So the book is not an overreaction. Like the the mob 
Because no. the book, the whole thing about the book is, is I the thought the mob didn't the show monster. up. It's yeah, the, I thought like, we're the monster. Yeah, but I thought the mob didn't show up until after he inadvertently killed somebody in the book. Um, I could be wrong. That's always how I thought it had gone down. I never there was the a book. mob. So, and I'm I'm having to draw back from 25 years ago. The last time I read this book, please, it was probably long. I don't remember that. a mob going <laughs> after the old. monster. You're older. I don't remember. I, I thought that was the whole prim Like that was the whole thing is that that's the twist of the book is that the monster's not really the monster. He didn't really do anything wrong. It's we're the monster for how we react to things that well, are unfamiliar. That to is us. the premise of the book, but it's, it's okay. not how society reacted to the monster. It's how uh, Victor Frankenstein reacted to the monster. I think they did a good job of that in this movie. If you want my honest opinion. Because like he had a literal overreaction when he when he saw it and he like he he started remembering things that were never said to him about you know evil is begets evil and you're just stitching together parts of evil men and right. now you've created evil. like none of that happened it's all in his head so he has the overreaction to to what he created it's like. This is but what I thought of really when I was really heavy what, what, fucking handed. I mean, it was, well, it, it was, was flashbacks of shit that never happened. It was evil this and evil that. And well, but it's the same reaction that you get when you're a kid, like you're a young kid, 21, 22, you go to a bar, you get drunk, right? You get, you get what they call what the kids used to call beer goggles. I don't know if they, they, they still have beer goggles. I don't know. Regardless, you pick up this, you know, eight or nine at the bar, you take them home. Right. You have a good time safely, obviously. Right. Social distancing, all that. Wear a mask. Wrap it twice. And you wake up in the morning and you realize it's not an eight or a nine, but closer to a three or four. And you're like, oh, my God, what have I done? What have I done? What evil have I wrought? What evil have I brought into my home, into my bed? For Christ's sake, get out. Get out now. <laughs> Like it's that it, he had that same visceral uh, reaction and, and you know, he tried to kill it as most of us have tried to do in our early twenties when we indeed bring home a three or a four thinking that it was an eight or a nine. Wait, no, no, nobody else had that experience. Uh, no, no, I can't say that I have. Huh? Now I've brought you people home that, out, that right? I didn't remember how they got there, but they haven't been like <laughs> three or four. So was that, was that story time with Crowley? You know what? Let's just call that story time with Crowley. I don't know. I thought it was a fun. I, that's what I. That's what I equated it to, is having that regret after you know, doing after you bring somebody. somebody home that's like coyote ugly, according to the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Like that's. I've never seen coyote ugly. You've never seen coyote ugly. Yeah. So the whole. The, the the whole explanation that they give for the why the bar is named Coyote Ugly is because when you wake up the next morning and realize that you brought home a three or a four and they're laying on your on your arm like a coyote, you're going to chew through your arm to get out of there without waking them up. <laughs> see, see, I, ladies and gentlemen, I was the three or the four that was brought home by the eight <laughs> or the nine. That's how that works. All right. Um. How did the creature get in the get up on the fucking glacier without any of that climbing gear? Um, same way he found Geneva, right? Magic. <laughs> and those are some well-educated fucking farmers. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, but they just ate potatoes, right? Is that what that was? Was just potatoes? Well, potatoes. They, they it had looked potatoes like potatoes and, and radishes. Of yeah, some it looked sort. like turnips or a radish or something. Okay. Because yeah. I, I was like, turnips. this is this is like, were they in? Scotland or Ireland, wherever had the potato famine. I, where, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. Well, the, the reason they couldn't get it out of the ground was because it was frozen, which I don't know. When did the little ice age happen? That happened around this time. Didn't it? Yeah. Well, I thought it was mid 1700s. Well, this was the end of the 1700s. So well, maybe right there at the tail end of it. Maybe. Yeah. I guess research I don't know. on the fly. Oh, there you go. We haven't done research on a fly in a minute. Or in a grip, as we used to say. And here's another story time with Crowley. Uh, me and my friends were uh, at a tattoo parlor when I was in my early 20s uh, and uh, getting taken home by eight or nines, only for them to reject me the next morning when they realized I was definitely a two and a half. 
and we were outside smoking cigarettes because that's what we used to do outside the tat shop. And this gentleman in downtown Davenport comes out and he goes like, hey, man, can I get a cigarette from you? Well, all right, here you go, man. He's like, I haven't had a cigarette in a grip. <laughs> like, what the... What, what the fuck is a grip? Like, that's what we call a minute in the joint. And he just kept walking. <laughs> <laughs> what? Ever since then. I just always, I always say I haven't seen that in a grip because that's fucking hilarious to me for some reason. That is funny. Uh, looks like, looks like there was one towards the end of the 1700s. Right, well, there you go. That's why uh, the ground was frozen. They couldn't get the potatoes out. Everybody had the same accent in this movie, which was English, even though they were in Switzerland and Germany. Yeah. Switzerland. Yeah. 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 Which is not any, I don't know if you guys have ever been there, Um, but it's not the same accent. They don't, they don't have British accents in Germany. No, no. In fact, uh, if I remember right, they have uh, a German accents and they speak uh, Deutsch. You sure it's not Russian? Uh, well, it, it almost was for 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 a grip. Uh, <laughs> half of but, it, half of the time, yeah. yeah. Half of Berlin was Russian for a while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I kind of forgive that on some of, some of these period pieces. Sometimes uh, it's would would you forgive it now? If what if this was mo- made a what, movie? What if this was a retelling of Frankenstein, but modernized to be in the future? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if somebody made a movie today where you were going to different areas of the world, right? But you were, so for example, uh, the one that comes to mind is Inglorious Bastards, right? Right. Where they're all Good English movie. actors, right? Good movie. But, but not all of them. They, they speak English. They speak English, right? It's, but it's with the accent of the, 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 the country they're from, like Germans, right? So it's a German accent. Yeah. So if they had just all had English accents, would you would you forgive that in a modern movie, not from a movie from 1994, but in a modern movie? I, I think I, I don't would. Think, I think it's I a stylistic I choice. I think Tarantino did a great job with uh, <laughs> Glorious Bastards <laughs> and and yeah. the way that he uh, he had everybody speak in their native uh, native Color. accent. And they even actually Rose speak German, and French, and and other uh, other languages, but. Wait, did you just say native color, Rob? No, I said, I said colored. He, he's, his view is colored, rose colored oh. glasses. Yeah. You should probably not speak in like broken sentences. Yeah. I'm, I'm Maybe definitely try to complete biased. A thought. I'm a huge Tarantino fan and that's one of my favorite Tarantino movies. Well, no, but I, you heard I'm him. He saying, said he's racist. <laughs> that's not what he said. <laughs> Jesus what <the> Christ. Fuck? <laughs> what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, is that we're used to that now, probably in large part because of Tarantino and the way that he had them do that anymore. I don't think we, any of us would accept it if everybody spoke with a British accent when they were clearly not British. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a modern well, I think the reason why that. they did it in this one is because, um, yeah, it's basically just Shakespeare. That's all. Brana ever does is that's not all Brana ever does. He was in uh, Wild Wild West, <laughs> right? Yeah. How do you not remember? Yeah. And he was a classic. British. He was a British aristocrat kind of <laughs> no, guy. Wasn't or, or was a, a southern, southern aristocrat? aristocrat. Yeah. Jesus, but still, he was all a southern accent. But he didn't yeah. direct that. He didn't direct it. You're right. He I'm didn't saying direct anything that. that he directs. What if he is had spoken in that British, movie is, with a British accent? Would you have forgiven that? Well, no, not if he was a Southern nope. aristocrat. Right. Well, no. Okay. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like we kind of pick and choose and I think I'm done with picking and choosing. Like if you're going to portray a German, like I don't care if you know German, right? You don't have to reckon the Deutsch. Just fucking speak with that accent so that I understand that you understand that you're playing a German. <laughs> but on the, on the converse of that, they were in Switzerland and Germany. It's not like they were. Um, it, it's not like there and was a, a lot of with the cultural, British accent. Well, right. But they, it, they were, it's not like there was a lot of cultural, I guess a lot of different cultures that were mixing together there. And it's not I mean, like they be, were, you know, traveling around fair, the world. I, you know, you're right. And to be fair, De Niro well, spoke with a De Niro accent. So, yeah. And the British writer that played the, or the British writer that was the captain that was doing the expedition to North America Spoke with an American accent, so 
North Pole, not North America. Or North North Pole. North Pole. The right. guy, the, the the guy who played his best friend, who was the doctor who fainted, all, uh, you know, at the set for Sight of Blood or whatever. Uh huh. I don't remember remember his name. All I could think of is Tim Curry would have been a better cast for that role. Tim Curry, yeah, he would have been a little old for that. In ninety four, yeah. When was when did uh, yeah? Because I guess he was playing. Uh, yeah, no, you're probably right. Maybe a little old. He would have been a little old. In 94, he was, <laughs> in 94, it wasn't long after that that he played uh, that role in, in uh, Red Alert. What else was he doing? He did, he did It around when, that time. When was Three Musketeers? Uh, Three Musketeers would have been around that time. That's what I thought. And he played the Cardinal, Cardinal Richelieu during that. Yeah, he was really good. Yeah, he really was. Which FYI, like fun fact. 1994, the, the, the year the film was released, was the year I graduated high school. Yeah, me too. Mm. We're old. Yep. All right, James, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, this adaptation of the book that originated modern sci-fi. Is it more sci-fi than 1122-63? <laughs> And all right, so I'm going to, I'm going to have to try to break this down because I'm having a hard time. I'm struggling with this one. So, uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, uh, there's some eels and there's a Ben Franklin experiment kind of, (laughs) which was weird that it took place in the mountains. They are surrounded by snow, but they had like the one 12 by 12 patch of grass, uh, that they could, (laughs) the hills were alive. (laughs) But the hills were alive with the sound of music, uh, which is what that totally reminded me of. Uh, so there was that. Then, you know, obviously, they cutting up body parts, sewing them on people. Is that science fiction or is that just, you know, a day in the life of Rob's creator? Um, I, I don't. God, I, I'm really. There was amniotic fluid. And it was just weird. It's life was, fluid. Yeah, yeah, it was life fluid. There's some weird incestual overtones, but I mean, conversely, fucking eleven twenty two sixty three did have a fucking closet. Eleven twenty two sixty three more sci fi than this trash. <laughs> okay, I agree. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, this was like a bad horror movie. This is like a horror movie. There was no horror in it at this all. Like a, I mean, this there was, was this nothing. This was somebody's artistic fucking interpretation of a horror movie. Well, it's it's and it was gothic bad. horror. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. It was gothic, bad. gothic horror isn't about, uh, you know, hacking and slashing and, no, and blood. I, although I there that. was a lot of fucking it, blood in this movie. It was the, it's about the insinuation of it, right? It's, it's, about, it's the, about the, the suspense the, with some, yeah. some mixed in emotionality and, and romance. Yeah. That's basically what thing. gothic horror is. Everything that this movie could have done to make you think as, as the audience, to make you like, give you some philosophical things to wrestle with, to give you some human things to wrestle with. It did it in such a way that you didn't want to do it. Like you just sat there in awe of how awful the acting was, how awful, like it doesn't stand up. It doesn't, this is not a movie you should watch anymore. No, it doesn't stand the test of time. It doesn't translate well 30 years later. It's just, it's just bad. It's just, it's very, very bad. And so all the things that it could have done to save it, it's not a modern classic. This is not anything anybody should ever watch ever. Like we watched it so that well, we could make fun of it for you. And I think, I think Frank Darabont um, said it best. He was the original screenwriter of this. He said, this was the best script I ever wrote yeah, and yeah. the worst movie I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> he said, Brian, just took all the subtlety that was in his script and his book or in his script and in the book itself. And just hit it over the head with a hammer and, and blew it out of the water. He said this was so in your face over the top that it was it was horrible. And I have yeah, to agree. Yeah. Helena Bottom Carter, I thought, was the one lone actor in this whole film who actually did a good job. 
I thought she was believable. I thought John Cleese's role, even (sighs) as little as it was, was, was good. I, yeah. Yeah. I guess I didn't have a problem with him, but he was not in it for very long. True. Yeah. Well, he's not in the movie or the book either. Right. She tried so hard, I think, to carry this movie, or at least maybe it's because she was the only one that could actually act her way out of a wet paper bag for whatever reason for these six months that it was shot. Like she was carrying the movie or at least trying to, but even she just didn't have enough screen time to do it. She wasn't the the focal point. Obviously Brana was, and he's a fucking jerk off. So, and it, it surprises me that he did such a shitty job on this movie because his version of Hamlet is excellent. Again, stacked cast. I mean, that, fucking cast in Hamlet that he had is just phenomenal. But yeah, but Hamlet more sci-fi than 11-22-63. No, <laughs> oh, it's got ghosts. <laughs> more sci-fi than 11-22-63. Ghosts greater than closet. Oh, Rob, you got a haiku for us this week. I do. Uh, this one is titled uh, Repeat Offender. I think I've seen this. Another Brana movie. Same as his others. <laughs> well, Not well quite, done. Close. Yeah. Well no, done. really. I'm, honestly, I mean, I thought, it was, I thought he was doing a Shakespeare thing. I, at first, I thought I was watching the wrong damn movie. I was like, wait, this seems like very Shakespearean. I always ask myself, uh, when, when I'm watching a movie for this show, I was asking myself, is this movie good? If the answer is yes, I go, am I watching the right movie? If the answer <laughs> is no, I just continue on. You just keep going. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Who's got awards this week? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Rob, yeah. who's got your, uh, black lung award? Oh, I gave it to, uh, Elizabeth for dressing up as the human torch. <laughs> great cosplay by the way great yeah, it fucking was cosplay. it really yeah, it was, was great yeah. i i also i also liked you know that just her mere presence made the house explode no <laughs> shit did he make his fucking house out of gasoline or matches or something well it's Jesus. the ami it's the amionic fluid right yeah, right, it's, yeah it's very flammable yeah. you gotta keep yeah. that shit away from flame <laughs> Damn straight. That's why they tell you when you're pregnant, don't fart don't into smoke. a fire. <laughs> and don't smoke. Don't smoke, yeah. Well, that's probably more practical, but don't fart in a fire either. <laughs> James, who's got your black lung? Uh, my black lung uh, goes to uh, none other than Bobby De Niro, because uh, on top of being a murderer, he's a pyro. What did he? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. He lit his, uh, he lit his dad on fire yeah. on that ice flow, you yeah. know? And stayed with him for some reason. I, I think it was just because he was he was cold. I mean, he just got out of the frozen water. He was very. You know, I'll stand here just for trying a to dry just, off, just warm up yeah. a little bit, warm up yeah. a little bit, and then I'll I'll take off for for land and spend the rest of my days North Pole making uh, toys for children, and I'll take them to them uh, one night every year. Okay, <laughs> I knew he was magic. Is <laughs> Santa Claus. <laughs> Who knew? I told you he was magic, man. All right, mine's going to go to honorary.coddle. I didn't want to try and shoehorn in an award for that one because nobody smoked. There was no shoehorning, man. She was yeah. she was on fire. Even her hair was smoking prior to that. That's yes, true. Yes, right? Like, yeah, that, that's what we like to call in the biz foreshadowing. When her <laughs> hair caught on fire, she was like, no, hold my beer. No, I'm no. not done. Yeah, hold hold this. Hey, y'all watch this. <laughs> James, who is uh, your head lush? Uh, head lush is going to go to... Uh, I don't remember anybody drinking this movie a whole lot, uh, but I wasn't really paying attention uh, for some parts of the movie. So I'm just going to give it to Richard Dawson. Okay. Rob. Yeah, pretty much the same thing. I didn't want to shoehorn like, you know, the monster guzzling amniotic fluid or anything (laughs) like that. So yeah, same here. Honorary Richard Dawson. I, I, I don't remember any bar scenes. I mean, they or, had a big old fancy party and not right. one yeah, person was holding a wine drinking. glass. Yeah. It yeah. must have been a dry county in Switzerland. <laughs> dry county in Switzerland. Do know. they have those in Eurobama? I don't fucking know, but uh, I figure if Alabama's a, got it, they've got it. There wasn't even chocolate, you know. You, they could have had Swiss chocolate. No, they could have had party Swiss Miss. Swiss no. Miss. They all skipped church in uh, Eurobama to have that party. So, no, Hell they yeah. decided to go dry. All right. 
Rob, in honor of Jesus. In honor of Jesus. <laughs> who's got your player, Rob? Oh, I gave it to Victor for getting it on with his sister wife. <laughs> <laughs> James? Uh, yeah, uh, you know what? I'm going to give it to uh I'm going to I'm going to give it to uh Helena Bottom Carter's character for getting it on with her uh brother husband. There you go. Okay. Yes. Well, I'm going to give it to uh Victor because you guys have opened my eyes. I didn't consider that William was actually his uh brother's son. So not only did he get it on with his sister wife, <laughs> okay. but he that had a brother son his, with his mom. So that should go to his mom because I'm telling you that first scene where she like grabs his face and she's like, "Oh, you're such a sweet boy, and you're this and you're that." And you're that. And she's and like, then like, "You just like wait till you're over. 13, and right?" Then like, like go on after fall that. over, and she's all, <laughs> and then literally I, five seconds later, she's like, "Come your dance with me. You're such a handsome young man. Oh my gosh, I'm so <laughs> pregnant. Oh, this baby that obviously, quote unquote, your father put in me. When did she wait. come from New Jersey?" <laughs> Dude, it's Urabama. I mean, it's it Urabama doesn't matter. from everywhere. Yeah, that's where you go when you're into that. It's the big old melting pot of Europe, Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 gene code there, the, the genetics are a little. Is that why they were neutral in World War Two? Is because <laughs> <laughs> it's because they had ties to everything. <laughs> like we can't decide. <laughs> no, no, we are with everybody. Free love. And cholera. Oh, no, that was in Germany. That was cholera. Germany. Yeah, cholera. cholera. Yeah. All right, James, who's got your uh, purple hippo? Uh, oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, my purple hippo uh, goes, uh, you know, De Niro. Is he, it, that's the easiest one to pick because he, he wrestles with what is he. And that's such a head trip for anybody to come back. From, like th- That's what this whole fucking movie should have wrestled with is what is he. And it didn't, it didn't tackle the afterlife. It didn't tackle religion. It didn't tackle the philosophy of it all, which is what Brana was going on about when he first went to Germany was how you've got to right. mix science and you've got to mix. And it didn't do any of that. So it goes to, to, to De Niro because at least he touched on it. At least he was like, what the fuck am I? You made me. What am I? Yeah. I think one of my favorite portrayals of Frankenstein and his creature is in Penny Dreadful. I think they did a really good job of of showing the conflict within Victor Frankenstein and his relationship with the creature that he abandoned, and the philosophical, uh, the, the philosophical conflicts that the creature has um, that he later named himself Caliban uh, has within himself because. And I want to say this is from the book, but again, I'm not sure. It may have just been in the Pity Dreadful series. He's a he's a big fan of of John Milton and reads John Milton a lot, and that kind of guides. Not in his, the book. Say what? Not in the book. Is it not? Okay. No. I while while have you we read had the story book? time with no no while we had story time with Crowley, I read Wikipedia, <laughs> holder of all knowledge, and that wasn't in there that he would read. Well, he was he was very intelligent in the book. He was much more intelligent than what they portrayed in the movie. Yeah, I knew that. And by the way, for those of you who haven't watched Penny Dreadful, go watch the Penny Dreadful. Oh, it's series. an excellent there's, series, except for the last half of the third season, kind of dragged. But there's yeah. boobs, right? Yes, there's I, boobs. I don't. Re- yeah, uh, uh, there in. you go. I don't remember, but that's how good that show was. It didn't need boobs to carry it. Yeah, yeah, it was really. I heard really, the second really one was terrible, though. No. Or the spinoff. Oh, the spinoff, uh, the Penny Dreadful L.A. thing. Yeah, or whatever it was. I haven't watched yeah. that. Natalie Dormer. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. It, it's, it had potential. I really liked the noir, the noir aspect of it and the kind of golden era of Hollywood or Los Angeles era aspect of it, but the story wasn't as well written. I only made it through like the first two or three episodes though. So I can't speak to the whole season in in the first two or three episodes. Let me ask you this. Cause this is really the only question that matters. Does Natalie Dormer show us her boobs again? I think so. Perfect. That's all you need to know. I'll go watch it. First two episodes. That's all I need. Um, Rob, who's got yours? <laughs> How many times Rob do you think in this episode he's gone? Why do I podcast with these two assholes? At least half a dozen at least 
Uh, I, I can't say it's more than usual. <laughs> well, I guess that, fair enough. That's a win in my book, Rob. Yeah. Rob, who's yeah. got your uh, purple hippo? Um, I was going to give it to Victor uh, specifically like after he did the deed and he was all like, what the hell did I just do? I need to kill this thing. So to me, it made it seem like he was and they did a terrible job of showing this, that he was just grief-stricken because his lover mom was dead. <laughs> um, you know, so, so you know, he's in this whole haze of questioning everything, and, oh, no, I, I need to do it, I need to do it, I need to do it, and then he does it, he's like, what the hell did I just do? Okay. Probably that wrestle in the KY jelly kind of cleared his system. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I guess that's a good question, though, right, is – is that all this was for him? Cause he was so obsessed with it for so long. And then he does it. Like, is that all obsession is, is what is just the, the fantasy of it all, the thought of it. And, and then, then find the, it, and then it's not as good as you thought. And then the act of right is, Oh, what the fuck? That's not anything like I thought it was. Yeah. The anticipation is better than the payoff. Yeah. Well, that's why I'll never have sex with a corpse. I, I don't want to know uh, what happens after that. What that where the just fuck did this up. come from? I didn't, oh my god! Wow! Bob, what the fuck? Hey, uh, who's your purple hippo? <laughs> my purple hippo is going to go to Rob. Yeah. For for yeah that. Yeah. Hey, yeah. It's just material, guys. It's just material. Oh, wow. God. Rob gets damn. my purple hippo this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Can, I, can we? I, I vote that we change the the uh, purple hippo uh, default award to Rob for that comment. <laughs> oh, Summer Glow. I'll, I'll take that into consideration. Thank you. Jesus. Like I don't even know where to go. I, how are you going to end the show now? Uh, we're going to pick the next movie and and just try and just forget everybody that, stop that. Hit the record. It's like just stop. Wow. Hit the stop button. We're done. Just call it a day. Vic is up tomorrow. Fuck. Rob, what the fuck? Oh. All right, who's picking the number? Who's telling me when to stop? You know, uh, I'll do both because I'm not at this point. I don't trust Rob <laughs> to do anything. All right, what's your number? Let's go with four. Four again. All right. Oh wait, did he do? Did double it? Go to eight. Eight. Okay. Double. Tell me double when it. to stop. Uh, no. big money, big money, no whammy, no whammy. Stop. Uh, I swear, if we get a whammy. You're done. Never again do you get to pick a number and say stop at the same time. Oh, 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 you know what? I'll agree to that as long as you agree to never bring up necrophilia. I, oh God, I can't make that promise. God damn, Rob. Fuck. You had a chance to redeem yourself, man. No, this is a series. God damn it. Was it The Expanse? Because if it was, <laughs> the universe is telling us something, Jason. <laughs> no, it wasn't The Expanse. Oh, right, it well, was uh, Tales right. from the Loop. No, no, the universe is telling us to move on. (laughs) Yeah, move on. All right, James, tell me when to stop. Big money. Maybe he wants to change his number. No, no, I don't. I'm all right with it. Stop interrupting me. I'm trying to get no whammies, motherfucker. Jesus, go think about dead people and stop. All right. Just saying, you picked it. God damn it. Son of a bitch. Well, at least I didn't say anything about sleeping with dead people. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next week. We will be discussing the movie where aliens are coming and their goal is to invade and destroy Earth. Fighting superior technology, mankind's best weapon is the will to survive. It is 1996's adventure sci-fi movie, Independence Day, directed by yes. Roland Emmerich. I'm okay with stars that. Stars Will Smith, yes. Bill Pullman, and Jeff Goldblum. Welcome Dude. to Earth, Motherfuckers. Yes. Brent Spiner. His wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Roll. Hold on. What? How come how come Jason doesn't sound as thrilled as he should? Oh, because I figured you two would poo-poo on this. You poo-poo Why would on I all poo-poo the other this movie. You poo-poo Vivica on all the a. other Fox? good ones. Fucking uh, Jeff Goldblum? Uh, okay. I want it to be said right now. Wow. For the record, the Discord channel, our fans demand. Pictures of you cuddling with your no, gold blue no, pu- no, pillows. No, I don't, no, 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 no fan is demanded no, that. No, nobody's demanded that. That is that is a fallacy created in the head of the guy 
who has th- had thoughts about sleeping with dead people. So just let everybody think about that for a second and let that just color everything that he says for you, the listener. And with that horrible thought stuck in your head, we're ending this week. Our intro and outro music is Welcome Home by Cambo. Podcrawl yeah, music is Snack Mix by Machette. <laughs> if They're you so like hard. the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. So hard, you can leave us feedback stiff. on our Discord channel at SmokyAndDrinkingInSpace.com forward slash Discord. Cold, on Twitter at Set of Sunday Course Podcast. You can one-sided. email us at SmokyAndDrinkingInSpace at Outlook.com. If you'd like to throw a few nickels our way, you can become a Patreon supporter by going to SmokyAndDrinkingInSpace.com slash Patreon oh, and oh. make sure to visit Creative Brain Candy for more great shows and other creative works you at creativebraincandy.com for this week I am Jason so uh, fun fact in the 1790s uh, it's not considered incest if you uh, plan on getting married I don't what? I don't know I don't I don't, I, I don't know what to say to that I don't know where to go like this is I don't fucking rob god damn it oh my god we'll talk to you next week 